Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Battleground Podcast. I am your host, Battle. And uh, on the show today, we've got a very good one for you. Uh, Josephus, who is very well known in NWA, also very well known in uh, local Nashville wrestling. He was also on Dark Side of the Ring. We have him on the show today. We're going to talk all things NWA. We're going to talk about his career. We're going to talk about Dark Side of the Ring, of course. And then the burning question that everybody wants to know is Josephus the question mark? We ask that today and more on the Battleground Podcast, which starts in three, two, one. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Battleground Podcast. This is a podcast all about professional wrestling. Join Battle and Eli as they break down what's going on in the world of professional wrestling with special guests, including some of your favorite wrestling superstars. You never know who's going to stop by. Now making their way to the microphones, give it up for the greatest podcast team in the world, Battle and Eli. It is great to be back again. Uh, The whole gang's here. Uh, Eli's with us. And uh, it's the Friday show. You know what that means, right, Eli? Well, the whole gang, you mean two of us. It's our show. Yeah, (laughs) two of us. It's it's the whole gang. Both of us are here. Um, Welcome to the Battleground Podcast. This is a podcast about professional wrestling where we talk everything professional wrestling. And on Friday's show, we have a special guest. And I will let Eli introduce who is on with us today. Well, thank you. Um, Yeah, so uh, I saw this gentleman for the first time in January of this year at the NWA pop-up in Clarksville. And he was in a pretty high-profile match with uh, David Arquette, who... A lot of our listeners know had a had some experience in wrestling, and he's gotten back into it this year. And you know, it was all in the press. And uh, you know, he's been been involved with NWA for a while now, and um, even kind of crossed over a little bit this year with some uh, mainstream. Uh, we'll talk about that too. But uh, um, with us today is uh, NWA superstar Josephus. How's it going? It's good. How are you, gentlemen? Uh, Thanks still, for coming on, by the way. Still ugly. We're hanging in there, though. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks for asking me. I know I, I'm coming on after Billy and Camille and probably every other NWA superstar, but I'm happy to be here. Yeah, we've uh, we've been, a, I mean, once, I guess you could just go back to when Billy bought it. I mean, ever since then, it's just been like, oh, you know, and I had to miss... Um, I had to miss NWA 70 because I flew back from Vegas the day after that. And I was like, oh, but um, the NWA pop-up show. And then we've, you know, we've watched every, every Tuesday when power comes on, we've been huge fans and texting back and forth. So, and it's so funny because we're like little girls when it comes to it, because we're like, Hey, did you see this? Did you see this? And I'm like, dude, I'm like 10 seconds behind. Calm down. Hold on. Yeah. (laughs) So we've, we've really enjoyed it. So um, any, any, we've been just been enjoying everybody kind of associated with NWA. So, um, so the first question is always kind of a softball question. Um, tell us a little bit about your background, how you got into the wrestling business. And then, you know, like, have you always been a wrestling fan or is just something you fell in love with later in life? Um, I grew up watching it. I watched the, you know, the Memphis territory and things like that, but I didn't watch it 
after I was about 13, there was a, probably a 10 or 15 year gap where I didn't watch anything. Um, I didn't, it wasn't my dream to be a wrestler when I grew up. Mm-hmm. I actually started when I was around 32. That was when I had my first match, which was in 2009. So you can do the math on how old I am now. <laughs> but essentially, my brother and I were writing a script about wrestling because um, we, my, one of my brothers, I have three older brothers, I'm the youngest. Uh, we have done a lot of creative endeavors together. So we decided to start writing a script about wrestling. And without, you know, sparing you some details, I decided, well, we should go to these local shows because at that point in time in Nashville, there was probably about six or seven local shows per week. Oh, right. That was around 2008. Um, you could you could pretty much have a Nashville territory back then. There'd be a show on Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, just you could find stuff everywhere. Mm-hmm. Now there isn't hardly anything going on. Maybe there's a show every now and again running but nothing like that so i would go to these local shows and i just started networking with people so the next uh phase in all of that was to to maybe do some training one of us should do the training my brother was like nope i'm not doing that so okay i'll do it uh so i started training with tony falk and his son lt nice who's a legend in nashville absolutely which one yeah, both well, them? both, but both of them. <laughs> Mr. Fox blowing up with his tire irons and waffles. So, or wa- wait, is, well, did I say that wrong? No, that's right. Waffle. No, wait. Waffles and tire irons. There we right, go, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, I hope, I hope Tony on. doesn't hear this because he's going to come back and like try to elbow drop you right now. Eli. I know. I don't want to offend anyone in Paducah. So. <laughs> he's just going to be like, you know, if you're going to say my name on your show, you got to get it right. Mm-hmm. That's him. <laughs> yeah. So I trained with them and. Then eventually I got under the wing of Dutch Mantel. Like I, I really only wanted to have ten matches when I started. I didn't think it was going to be any career thing because I was just writing a. If I was going to be a wrestler, if it, if it were my dream growing up, I would have started a lot younger. I mean, I'd done a lot of other things. I'd been a, a missionary. I'd been a librarian. I'd done all kinds of things um, before wrestling. Right. Right. Some of those, uh, the, the shows you were talking about you went to, was it all just indie stuff or was one of those where like you'd see a bunch of up and comers, but then they'd, they'd bring in some big names or like what, what, gra- what did you gravitate towards like 10 years ago, 12 years ago, whatever it was? Uh, there were no big shows. There was a show being run at the fairgrounds, but you'd go in there and there'd be 50 people in the building. And I'm not, you know, I'm not even going to say what show that was. And that was yeah. one of the first one I went to. And I remember seeing somebody doing a, a moonsault to the outside of the ring, and I was just like, man, this is crazy for 50 people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will only say that person's name was L.T. Falk. But anyway. There we um, go. <laughs> like, what is this guy doing? He's crazy. But, right. yeah, I, I didn't focus on the bigger brands. I would just focus on the indie shows because I knew – if I was going to write a script and maybe try to direct a movie, eventually it would be on that level and not an arena level. Right. Yeah. And kind of going back to what you were saying earlier, like living here in Nashville, you were right. I mean, every night there was wrestling and I remember there was one night and I can't, it was in Madison and it was literally in the back of a discount tobacco and beer store and Mm. you could not even stand on the top rope. Um, and I remember the very last night we were there and I think I've told this story on the show before, like chicken hat, who is a Nashville staple. Um, yeah. 
who now I found out lives in Florida and works at Margaritaville. Um, it was a huge night and something happened. He snapped, he threw a chair at Athena and I think Eric Andrews got a cinder block smashed between his legs and it was just this whole like chaos that night. And then that was the last night I ever went to that, uh, wrestling in, uh, Madison. So, but anyways, well, um, you should have just gone back. That's, they were just starting an angle. I'm sure. Well, that's what I was thinking, but it, it didn't seem like it was part of the the story because there was real fist flying instead of you know the wrestling fists. Right. Um, but what's the difference? I, was, I don't know the difference. Yeah, for real. <laughs> um, so let me ask you this: What do you think was uh, the hardest thing about breaking into the business on like a national scale? Uh, it's just uh, perseverance, really, because. If you you're going to go through a several years of nobody caring about anything that you do, and that's just part of the process. I mean, you might have fans sporadically all over America or whatever, but then they're going to start they're going to stop being enthusiastic about what you do, and it's all you at that point. You right. have to endure the the misery of the lonely kind of like the lonely samurai lifestyle and decide for me, it's like, do I continue with this or do I go back to what I could do, be a librarian? I have a degree in HR. Do I go work in an HR department? What do I do? Or, no, I'll just, I'm going to persevere and I'm still trying to persevere to, to all kinds of different things in wrestling at this point. Right. Um, so I guess you're probably most well known for your time, obviously being in the NWA. How did you get involved with the NWA? Well, I remember talking to Billy about things when he was in TNA and, and we had, there had been some discussion about the NWA and that was just sort of like a weird idea that at that point in time, like, Oh, maybe there'll be something with the NWA one day and and i had done a little bit of tna stuff with billy and i had i had also been sort of like his hr guy when he was president but i did all kinds of other things too but then i would be on tv just as odd appearances like i remember they had the grand prix championship do you remember that one? Oh yeah mm -hmm. if you look if you go back and look at that when you have time, I'm sure you have time all the time to do these things. Of but course. <laughs> right. If you, if you look at, cause Aaron Rex, as he's, he was called at that point, he wins it for the first time. If you look at the judges, I'm actually one of the judges. Oh, cool. Sitting out there. So there was all these little spots that I would do. And then I was a character named Hadley Beauregard for a while, uh, trying to get, into TNA as a, as a crooked Southern gentleman. And I made it onto like one pay-per-view as, as Hadley Beauregard, which uh, to me is a character that could always reemerge again later. Hmm. Um, but yeah, it's just like being involved with Billy. I was involved with Billy in Chicago on a show as well. So I've just, I've worked with him for almost eight years now on and off. So in pumpkin world and, and wrestling world. So Nice. So, you know, we, we've had Billy on the show before and it was kind of funny. We were walking in and uh, it didn't dawn on Eli and I'm going to throw him under the bus for a second. It didn't dawn on Eli 
um, that you were with Billy at the time when we were talking about it, of <laughs> uh, you coming on the show. And I was like, when you started walking up, I was like, I was that, I was like, that's Josephus, but I don't want to say anything at the moment just because yeah. I don't want to look like an idiot if it's not. And then Eli's like, hey, we got Josephus coming on the show later. And then there you are just kind of smiling. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I felt, that's me. I felt so good to tell him like, well, you know, thanks Billy. But and we've also got some other stars coming in and you're like, oh, that's me. I'm like, oh, I'm so <laughs> yeah. stupid. But to be fair, I, I still re- remember the, the wild hair and you know so well that's the thing i do other things in the nwa so if somebody walks in with a camera you're not always thinking this is one of the wrestlers but i've always been one of those people that tries to know every aspect of the business and whether it's music production or video production or whatever and i and i continue to try to learn every aspect there so if you're looking at me as in the context of this is just some guy filming billy for the day you're not going to see me of course i'm a big dude so that's you not being able to notice that is is totally on you yeah <laughs> well you were very professional while i was geeking out in front of mr corgan so he, sure. he he i was trying to calm him down the entire time before we got to the interview and he's like what are we gonna do what are we gonna do and i was like just let's just play it safe just don't fangirl real quick mm. fangirl after he leaves and the garage door shuts then you could scream and fangirl <laughs> yeah um Speaking of kind of reactions and fangirling or in, you know, transitioning to the next question, what was kind of your reaction when you found out that uh, Billy had left Impact and was purchasing the NWA? I just, I think it, my reaction was good because I, I felt like for him, he didn't have to have as many people to go through to get an idea across. Oh, or, yeah. And his ideas have, have been sound about the business and he loves the business and he understands the business. And without the impediment of five people to pass an idea through, I knew something good would come of it. Right. And that, you know, that's, and he deserves to be in that spot where he's not impeded by anybody else who, oh, you know, like there's this whole culture in wrestling and I'm not saying anything about impact or anybody, but there is a culture in wrestling and other entertainment things where, just because somebody's new in the locker room or whatever, you just immediately shut down what they do, whether the idea is good or not. And and I and I knew that if he didn't have to go through anything like that, he would he would do well because you know he's a brilliant dude. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, I lost my place. There we go. Okay. Um, so at the beginning of the, the interview, we, we mentioned you were in a, a very high profile, um, hair versus hair match earlier this year, um, up the road in Clarksville. It was a pop-up show between NWA and tried and true, uh, wrestling. Um, you were defeated by David Arquette. Uh, we must, uh, let people know if they didn't watch the, the match, uh, former world champion, Tim storm was involved. So it wasn't just you losing. Um, but as a result of that, you did have to cut your hair off. Um, how did this match come to be? And what, I guess, convinced you to chop your hair off? Well, I, Arquette, he got back into wrestling in the last two years because he was doing a documentary about being a wrestler and doing it before and trying to to train. I think David had a ambition to be better at, at what he, in the business that he was perceived as before mm-hmm. and he got in great shape he did more training and things like that but he reached out to the nwa about working for them and 
eventually the hair match came about and and the story of the hair match is that the spiritual advisor technically my acting partner because our cabinet requested to turn it into a tag match and, and the idea was that nobody would be Arquette's partner because everybody in the business hated him mm. um, so really that I didn't really yeah that's that was the storyline is if you go back and watch those promos I'm actually saying that that you no one will come to your side oh right we all doing stuff was that like, like the championship wrestling in California we all doing um, promos no. leading up to that or we had a, a heck of a, a social media angle going on like he would do instagram live and i would join him oh yeah and we would yell back and forth eventually his sister rosanna got involved and uh patricia got involved as well and we had all kinds of to me it was one of the best social media angles (laughs) i've ever seen in wrestling that nobody knew or not very many people knew about honestly but um we cut videos, we cut Instagram live, we did all kinds of stuff just to banter back and forth to build up our match. Nice. Well, it was a good match. It was, um, I think, I think having Storm come out kind of unannounced was definitely. I, I just can't stand Tim Storm. <laughs> <laughs> he just always appears with this smiley face that looks like it's glued on, and I just can't can't stand that guy. Yeah. You know, another cool. Th- oh, sorry. I was gonna say he's everybody's hero except for mine. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe you can do something about it soon. Well, I, did you ever watch my empty arena match against him? At you know, I didn't know that that was I didn't know that was him. I heard about your match, the empty arena match, but I never put two and two together. So I'll have to. That was like two years ago, I think. Was that maybe longer? Yeah, it was around the beginning of 2018. So just about. Yeah. That's one of my favorite matches of my career, mainly because of. The finish on it nice so. yeah i'll have to look that one up i i saw i i heard about it and then i saw it when i was doing the questions but i, I... judy was boring hello then judy discovered jumbacasino.com it's my little escape now judy's the life of the party oh baby mama's bringing home the bacon whoa take it easy judy <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I haven't seen it yet, so I'll have, yeah, to, man. have to check That's that That's going to be our homework after this is over will, to watch yeah. that match and look it up. And then we'll tweet it out on yeah. our social. There we go. Um, so another cool thing that you were involved with was something that a lot of wrestling fans got hooked on over the summer was Dark Side of the Ring. Of course, right. you played Bruiser Brody, who sometimes in the past you've been compared to a time or two of him. How did the project come about and how did you get involved and what was it like portraying a legend like Brody? Well, the thing about that is a long time ago, a friend of mine, a mutual friend who knew Barbara Goodish sent video to her of me. This was like probably 2012 to 2011. And she wrote me and and verbatim what she said to me is, when I looked at pictures of you, it sent chills down my spine. I, I think what you're doing is awesome. And I think Frank would too. And up until that time, I, I had been training with Dutch Mantel after I trained with Tony Falk and Dutch was, all, you know, he knew Brody. He was there the day he died, of course. And 
he was just like, oh, you should use that Brody name, buddy. And I'm just like, I don't really feel good about using the Brody name in any way. And after she wrote me, I, I just attached it to, it was Josephus Brody from that point on. So I had been doing the character in my own Southern style way, but also in the, in the traditional Brody way of just being stiff with everybody in the ring and things like that. Right. <laughs> um, which, you know, a lot of people know that I've come a long way since I was doing that. But anyway, um, Dutch recommended me to Evan Husney and Jason Eisner. He's like, Oh, you want a Brody guy? I got the Brody guy for you. And they just called me up and we, had a great conversation and we went up to Montreal and filmed us a lot of those segments and um, they, they treated me really well. They treated me like a brother. I was going through a really hard time in my life at that point And they were, they were very kind to me uh, to help me make it through that and to be part of that documentary. Yeah, we loved it. We actually had Dutch on, um, I think right it was like a week or two after the last episode aired and um, he had nice things to say about you and the whole process. And, you know, he kind of, kind of was hinting that there was going to be a second season and now yeah, they yeah. have confirmed it. So yeah, we're really big fans of that project. Good. And we kind of, we kind of talked to him about who we thought might be some good episodes. And of course there's always the ones if you want the Chris Benoit, the Eddie Guerrero. And then we kind of threw out gypsy Joe to talk about that as well. Gypsy Joe led me to the ring a few times like I was his caged animal. Oh, wow. Near the end of his career, or, you know, the, it was probably about a year before he passed. But, um, yeah, definitely a legend that enough, not enough people know about. But the thing about doing that documentary as Brody, that gave me sort of a release because I felt like that was the ultimate tribute I could ever do to him. So... I felt free to change my look or just to, to let that character go forever after I did that. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I can, I can see that. Yeah. It's just like, what else can you do? You, I portrayed him in a movie in a way. Right. Um, For so, a yeah. huge national audience. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we've been, um, Obviously, we've been big supporters of NWA and Power and all that jazz. Um, something that 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 we've had some listeners kind of you know comment or you know send us a DM or whatever, um, and I think it kind of plays into something that uh, Cody Rhodes said, where he was alluding to the fact that there's you know heels and faces like it, it you know it depends on the the crowd really. So he said you know if I go to uh, you know, when he was doing stuff with New Japan, he was more of the heel. But then when he went to Ring of Honor, he was more of the face, and it just kind of varied. And I've kind of we've we've kind of noticed that on on power. Um, it, it, there's almost like a, it kind of blurs the line, you know. So we've got, um, you, you know, in, in one one segment, Nick Aldis is kind of the heel, and then on another segment, he's kind of facey. And then you've also got James Storm, who's kind of both. And then you've got the question mark, who's really over right now. Um, but then he's tagging with uh, Aaron Stevens, who's a heel. And then same thing with like Ricky Starks. He, he you know, he got a kind of a fan favorite buzz going on. But then he challenged Coke Cabana, which is also a face. So it's kind of like, you know, th there's not a defined line. Um, what would you say? Um, you know, for a viewer that says it's confusing or they're not used to this 
type of wrestling, I guess you'd call it like a new way of thinking with wrestling. What would you say to them about the, the traditional roles of heels and faces? Well, I was always trained that if you, if the crowd started cheering you and you were a heel, you did whatever you could to get them to boo you. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's the way that was sort of the old school mentality passed down to me. It doesn't always work because some people will like you no matter what. Right. But I think you just have to, at this point in time, with the business being as exposed as it is, you just have to, you do have to work with the crowd. Mm-hmm. If they're if they're with you one night, you can work that. If they're not with you the other night, you can work that. And then try to let the stories correspond to some some overall character arc. But I think with power we're still finding our groove on mm-hmm. all of that. And it's, it, I would call it a very good run for the first taping. And, and, you know, we're about to go down there again and do more. And I think we just grow from that and see if we need to be more defined in that way or not. Yeah. I don't think, I think nowadays the business is sort of, it's just, it's so different. And I wasn't in it back in the day where, you know, the the glory days that we hear about, but I'm, I'm the same age as a lot of those guys that were sort of like the last territory dudes. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them were my friend. Like, you know, I've had dinner with, I don't know if you know, Wolfie D. Mm -hmm. I was, I had dinner with him the other night and, and he, you know, like him and PG 13, they, they were like, the last of the territory guys, they were like uh, wrestling rock and roll express and at mid South yep. in the main event, you know, yeah. they w- were... w- one of them was one of them Bill Dundee's kid, Jamie. Yeah. He was, yeah, yeah. I remember that I'm from Jackson. So, I mean, okay. I, all I did was grow up on Memphis wrestling. My, my cousin's Danny Davis. So, um, okay. Yeah. Cool. So watched a lot of Memphis wrestling growing up. Yeah. But I, it's like, I'm not the same. I wasn't in that group, but I'm as old as, kind of like the last generation so sometimes mythologically i feel like i'm with those those folks and and oh i'm i'm an honorary territory guy or right some, you know, some kind of crap like that <laughs> right well this kind of pertains to power too um and and you may not know this yet but um is the plan still to do I, I'm, I'm sure on this next round of tapings, but just if you know this long term, I mean, is is this is the plan still to do the tapings that way? Like do, you know, two days and just, you know, record, you know, seven, eight, nine shows at a time. Or is there going to you think that it'll evolve into a, you know, maybe a weekly thing like a live weekly show? Or do you, do you have any insight into that? I just think we're not going to try to grow too quickly to undermine ourselves yeah so i think this format is working for now and anything is possible in the future but i i, I do know that we're not over promising and things like that we're revolutionizing the business or whatever people try to do when they start a company we're just trying to to cultivate what we think is good about what we've already done right and and grow from that yeah and you've got everybody that's praising everything that nwa is doing right now you've got like the rock and Corey graves and all these big name wrestlers like uh monday we had our truth in and he had nothing but high praises about nwa and he you know it's it's one of these times that it's great to be a wrestling fan and it's not a you know i'm a this guy i'm a this guy i'm a this guy kind of thing it's everybody watches everything 
Yeah, and I think that's and we're you know we're honored that people have taken the time out of their busy lives, whether they're huge superstars or are just you know the casual wrestling fan to to take the time to watch it, and that you know that we pay attention to every bit of feedback and and try to stick to our vision, you know, even if somebody is doesn't like what we're doing we just want to stick to our vision but yeah it's it's great to to hear people say things like it's taking them back to a different time and things like that because we believe that to be true but at the same time you know we have a very modern product as well yeah and i i don't think that the the taping schedule has taken away from anything i mean it's no. still i mean people are still loving it so it doesn't have to be you know you don't have to do live tv every monday night to no you know build a buzz or whatever well and that's the thing there's always things that won't be happening at the tapings that can be you know like tony fox waffles and tire irons right i mean that's not that's not done at the tapings yeah we did see that those the the t-shirts dropped this week so that's yeah yeah. that's awesome (laughs) yeah if anybody deserves a t-shirt it's tony so oh most definitely um, you know, what were what are you looking forward to uh, at Into the Fire? Which, by the way, there is a, uh, a pre-sale going on right now, which you can order it for $19.99. It uh, ends on uh, in a couple of days, right? The 7th is the pre-order. Yeah. Um, you get five bucks but, off if you pre-order it. So. so go ahead and go do that at nationalwrestlingalliance.com. But uh, what are you looking forward to at Into the Fire, the NWA's pay-per-view that's going on December 14th? as well as the future for the NWA as it heads into a new decade. Well, you may not know, or you probably know, actually, that Josephus is uh, suspended. Right. So, Because a lot of people think I was throwing powder in people's faces, but actually, like, Trevor Murdoch was one, and he, he most definitely had powder in his boot that dispersed under my, into my eyes, almost like a James Bond villain. Um also, I think they said I threw powder at Cole Cabana, which just, you know, if you watch the tape, you'll know that totally isn't true. So Josephus right. at the tapings is just looking for a, you know, for a match. He's just looking for something, you know, to get back in the ring. Because earlier this week on Twitter, I've talked about maybe it's time to step away. Honestly, I don't know if either of you guys see that type of stuff, but I've been thinking about that this could be the end because of just not being able to do what I want. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's, you know, everybody hits that, that point, you know, where where you, where you got to make those decisions. So exactly. But I think I just want to see that energy, uh, expand at the tapings you know looking at it as a pay-per-view there i have been around some pay-per-views and i've been on one like i said for impact and there's always a different sort of vibe you want to you want to have a more extensive match or whatever but it'll be interesting to do to have matches in the context that we're that we're doing and and have them as a pay-per-view yeah, we're we're really excited to see how the studio is going to look for the pay-per-view. I know when you were here with Billy, he was kind of saying it's going to have a completely different look from for what power looks like. So that that's that's exciting. Yeah, I'm thinking like wall-to-wall tennis balls, you know, things like that might be a good option. 
Maybe <laughs> maybe stuffed animals everywhere. I think the stuffed animals would be a good uh, touch because if you get outside the ring, then you kind of have something soft. So yeah, or just maybe like actually the whole room is on fire. Ooh, there you go. During the matches, that that'd be a good vibe, kind of like a Thunderdome. Are you yeah, writing, are you writing these down? These are all good. <laughs> I, these are just coming from my brain, pal. Jeez. Don't Gold you, mines. Don't you worry. Right there. There's there's 50 more where that came from. <laughs> uh, let's see where are we at. Okay. Uh, where can people keep up with you online? Speaking of, you were talking about Twitter and stuff. Where where can people keep up with you online? The easiest is just on Twitter and Instagram. I'm Josephus NWA, and that's J O C E P H U S N W A, either at Twitter or, or Instagram. So cool. Um, our guest on the show right now, Josephus, and this is the last question, and we, we're going to kind of let you go after this, but we've got some interns and producers in our building, and we've had them do some crackdown research on this, comparing footage and wrestling matches and everything else. The final and most important question of the show, are you the question mark? Because uh, we've got a lot of producers and interns thinking that you are the question mark. They've narrowed this down. Listen, I would never need to, to hide my face at wrestling because people, you know, I've been around long enough for people to know who I am, who who follow wrestling on, on different levels. So I'm not interested in hiding my face under any kind of mask or anything like that. I'm, I'm going to be Josephus to the end. And, you know, you don't really I, have a reason to No, if if I'm I mean, I get this question every day. 30 times online at least maybe more and i don't have a reason to hide my face and you know people think i look like this guy or whatever or just just ridiculous stuff that's you know they need to get something better to do yeah i think nick aldis would call it like clickbait definitely Um, clickbait and just to me that's not even an interesting comparison you know, I'd rather see question mark compared to like Charlton Heston or something. Oh, there you I mean, go. Just, which could very, very well be true. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man, I don't, I don't get it. Yeah. Well, whoever he is, he's definitely caught on with the crowd. I mean, they've been chanting his name and um, he's been very impressive in the short time he's been around. So. I've been scrolling eBay trying to find a question mark mask and it's, the, nothing looks the same as the question marks mask yeah. on NWA. That's so. probably custom made from the NWA. So hopefully it'll be up on the, the web on the, on the website where we could buy one. Yeah. You never know what they have in store. They're definitely not making Josephus merch. I know that. <laughs> well, in time. Well, how long? How long is that going to be? Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll have to put into our request. We'll just start tweeting hashtag Joe Cephas merch on every tweet that we send out oh, on there the, you on, go. on Twitter. That will be yeah. the tweet, and we will have that when we put this out tomorrow. At the very end, it'll say hashtag Joe Cephas merch. Boom! Absolutely, we'll put it on there. So that's that's the plan. Um, our guest Josephus is hanging out with us right now. NWA power is coming up. Oh God, it's just a, such an amazing thing. Um, NWA Power, you've got Into the Fire, which is uh, in just a couple of weeks, actually. And uh, down in Atlanta, it's sold out. But like we said, if you get in on the price right now for a couple of days, you can get it for $19.99, which is great because most of the time you see pay-per-views, they're like $54. Mm-hmm. $50, $60. Josephus, we want to thank you so much for coming on the show with us today. And uh, man, looking forward to all the exciting thing that NWA has 
for the rest of 2019 and 2020. Thank you for having me, gentlemen. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Battleground. Make sure you give it five stars and leave a nice review. If you want to stay up to date, follow them at Battleground Podcast on Instagram. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.